It's a great pleasure for me also to be here uh, with you this afternoon. Um, it's wonderful to have all of you, how's the expression, in the house. It's wonderful to have every one of you in the house this afternoon to join us as we launch the UJ Business Idea Awards in collaboration with our partners in the National Youth Development Agency, <coughs> as well as our partners in TIA, the Technology Innovation Agency, and of course the Center for Small Business Development here at the Soweto campus. And we certainly look forward to, to the remarks from our partners as we get this show on the road. <clears throat> now, when we find time to review global youth unemployment, the picture is not encouraging. Global youth unemployment is now approaching 50%. In the case of South Africa, we have already gone past 60%. An estimated 70% of all unemployed persons in South Africa, yesterday's uh, latest uh, information, 70% of all unemployed in South Africa, young people under the age of 35. I should say that the returns to university education is very good because graduate unemployment sits at about 5%. And we consider 5% to be a normal, quote-unquote, normal unemployment rate because people change jobs. And so 5% unemployment amongst graduates is very good. Let's put, put it differently, 95% employment amongst graduates is really extraordinary in the case of South Africa. And it therefore does show that if we invest in undergraduate education to begin with, the returns, even with the unemployment rate that we have, is significant. <coughs> now, we all acknowledge that this situation of broader youth unemployment in South Africa does require urgent and radical intervention and remedying. In fact, we should also acknowledge that relying only on the formal employment sector to create 14 million jobs leading up to 2030 is unrealistic. If we are going to operate on the basis that we're going to create 14 million jobs that are required to be created leading up to 2030 to reach a 6%, or put it differently, let's put it positively, to reach a 94% employment rate. To expect that the formal employment sector is going to do that, meaning large enterprises are going to do that, is unrealistic. In fact, as uh, Professor Van Lille has reminded us, the vast majority of jobs are created in small and to some extent medium enterprises. 
Additionally, a fundamental culture shift among young people is now urgent. What do I mean by that? I mean that we have to shift young people, yourselves in particular, have to undergo a fundamental cultural revolution inside yourselves. To shift away from seeking to offer your services to an employer, to applying your minds and nurturing ideas and turning these into good services and technologies and creating businesses. You have to undergo a fundamental revolution in the manner in which we have until now approached job or work creation or economic activity. So how do we stimulate thinking and the nurturing of ideas that solve economic, social and cultural questions and dilemmas? I submit that there is inadequate thinking, inadequate thinking and reflection on problems and solving problems. And so one of the things that I suggest that we have to think seriously about is to create what I call design thinking hubs and clubs in our schools, in our colleges, in our universities. And I leave that for you to reflect on, for us to reflect on. Because simply to think that ideas are going to fall, you know, off trees by the millions, I think is unrealistic. We need to create forums where young people, yourselves, can, under some stewardship, begin to reflect on the thinking process and on the design process arising from that thinking process. Now, this revolution that I speak of is no easy path. That is of designing solutions, is reflected in goods and services and technologies, and of creating businesses. It requires focus and resolve. Because we know so many startups falter in the so-called valley of death. And since so many startups fail, hopefully to start again. Failure is not an option, it's a reality for startups. And so it will require resolve, to require focus, require effort. It will require networks, and I'll speak briefly about that in a moment. <clears throat> so, let me offer some reflections on what we have picked up through the work of Professor Willem Clark and his colleagues, with our many encounters with inventors and small and medium enterprises at the fledgling resolution circle, which I hope 
offers food for considered reflection. And I'll select this, some of these because of time. Firstly, we have found that there is no shortage of ideas, despite what I've said a moment ago. There's no shortage of ideas, but there is a shortage of innovative business models. So there's something to think about. How to turn the idea into an innovative business model. Secondly, we have learned that there is a complete lack of understanding of what it takes to become an entrepreneur, something we must remedy. So, for example, we learn from Silicon Valley, from design and innovation hubs in London, in Paris, in New York, Boston, Ottawa, Sao Paulo, Shanghai, Hong Kong, across to Singapore and Sydney. As I've said a moment ago, that an entrepreneur will fail at least twice before hitting a success. So it's no easy, it's no easy business. We learned thirdly that from the Silicon Valley and from our own local small enterprises that the traditional business plan with a fixed strategy is a proven recipe of failure. Unfortunately, this model is still predominant today and those who fund ironically require this business model. The lesson here is the notion of a lean startup model where the end goal is clear but strategy can change based on small scale quick experiments and the changing environment. Fourth, we, we agree that our young people are following I want to try and be positive, not negative, right? That our young, that our young people can follow alternative role models. We spoke to some students in the US, for example, at Stanford, at MIT, and at Berkeley. And many of them dream of starting a company before joining a larger company. I mean, that's the culture. It's not looking for a job. It's, I want to to get going and start something up. And when we ask some of the young people here at home, as I've said earlier, it involves finding a good job, often in government, and regrettably, tenderpreneurs are the role models. And so we simply do not have enough entrepreneurs who are outstanding role models. And so there's work to be done. Firstly, there are different types of entrepreneurs we know. From subsistence, those selling fruit next to the road, or the upgraded version of that, running a spaza shop, or family businesses with family members run the business and hopefully there are some, employee, some employees through to enterprise level entrepreneurs the people that dream big and want to I guess conquer the world and so we need more enterprise entrepreneurs without losing 
of course those along the value chain from very small through to small through to medium and through to the large enterprises. Sixthly, our entrepreneurial ecosystem is not fully developed in South Africa. And hence, in the case of UJ, we have established Resolution Circle, which we call a technology ecosystem. In this instance, this particular Resolution Circle, the focus is on startups with a technology focus. How many of you are thinking of startups with a technology focus? Hands up. That's it. Okay, hands up. Stand up, stand up. We can see you better. Stand up. Okay, that's a nice number. What do you think, Daniel? Yeah? So um, if, you, if you have a, an interest in it, you can sit down. Thank you very much. If you have an interest in, in technology, Resolution Circle could provide the ideal space for you to, to encounter this full entrepreneurial ecosystem. Professor Clark says to me that yesterday he spoke to Spoor and Fisher, one of the large IP legal companies in our country. And their take was that they don't even know where to send inventors to get prototypes made. Do you have an idea where to make prototypes as future uh, innovators? Right? You got some ideas? Okay, great. Banks do not want to invest in risk. They are, not, they are nearly, well, there are almost no angel investors in South Africa. By angel investor, we mean somebody is going to give you that 30,000 rands just to get going, just to turn that idea into an initial prototype. And we believe that Resolution Circle will make a big difference here for those in the technology domain. But nationally, we have a major challenge to overcome. Seventhly, there is also, we believe, a somewhat unrealistic expectation from inventors on what an idea is really worth. We estimate your ideas worth 10% of the shares in your company. Right? There's a fundamental mismatch between you believing my idea is 100% shareholding in my company, and I'm going to take it myself right through prototype stage and then to market. Along that chain, value chain or ecosystem within that ecosystem, for you to get through this valley of death, you're going to require several partners to hold your hand. And each partner is going to say, I want my 10%. I want my 20% of your invention before it even gets to the market. So, as a rule of thumb, thumb, a patented idea, we believe, is worth no more than 20% of the shares of a company. The rest has to go to technical experts. You'll need a technical expert to help you. You'll need investors to get you to a prototype stage. Prototype doesn't just come. And, of course, commercialization itself is also an extensive process, and so on and so forth. In South Africa, the governance burden is perhaps the largest risk for any small 
enterprise with less than 10 people. As we know, just to keep up with the labor law, the tax law, tax and VAT and employee registration and returns, local council bylaws, the company's registration, triple B, e-reporting, skills development plans, etc., etc., etc. Can you imagine that burden? Can you immediately understand what some of the, the trouble uh, is that lies ahead for you? And so a youthful entrepreneur will need a lot of support. The biggest gap we know is that is that gap we have found from turning the idea into selling 100 items, selling your first 100 goodies. It's the biggest gap that we uh, have found. Once you can sell the first 100 items of your product or your service or technology, any investor we believe will come on board and the inventor will then be able to hold, that is you the inventor will be able to hold on to more of your shares. In our case in South Africa, sadly there is a lack of facilities that will manufacture such small quantities, especially with the domination of manufacturing by China. It's another reason why in the resolution circle that I've referred to, we have planned our equipment to provide in selected areas prototyping to 100 manufacturing um, uh, 100 unit manufacturing facilities. So you can see I'm talking to especially to you who are interested in the technology um, side and maybe there'll be more of you interested uh, in that side. Also at uh, the resolution circle I just mentioned that we're in the process of establishing an accelerator for the purpose of accelerating new startups. Um, just to give you an idea of the scale of this, what do you call it, resolution circle. We're in the process of procuring a building in on Empire Road. Anybody who knows Empire Road? You know where the auto and general building is? The glass building. That's going to be the house. That's going to be the home for, res for resolution circle. Just to give an idea of how seriously we're taking this. Investing close to 100 million rands in building and facilities, equipment, indicates to you how serious UJ is about making the contribution that it must. Almost all SMEs, we small enterprises we spoke to, decided to stay clear from any form of government funding. I'm not. I'm not being negative now about government, right? I'm not talking TIA, right? <laughs> or the NYDA. I'm simply alerting you to the issues. The reporting requirements, they tell us, are just too stringent for the money provided for the cash. And the cash flows, they say, are erratic as well. They say to us there are too many administrators in the mix to ensure the timelines expand, meaning payment dates expand. From 30 days to payment, it becomes 90 days, it becomes 120 days, and by the time it's 120 days, your business is in the ground. So you do require an understanding of government and, of course, private sector uh, processes, including their procurement processes, their budgetary cycles, 
and so on. Indeed, many also of you have to be initiated into writing a business proposal. I thought that as I come to the closing of my remarks that it's important to make the point that managing a startup is completely different from managing a small, medium, or for that matter, a large enterprise. Because it requires different skill sets. The rhythm is different. The support is different. The planning and execution strategies are different. Most of the time, our training, even in our universities, assumes that the operating context is that of a large enterprise. Just look at our, many of our honors programs, our MBAs, many of our MCOMs. The starting point often is that you're going to start up or work in the context of a large enterprise. And so you need to be alert to those issues. Interestingly, for many SMEs that we speak to, the last thing they needed was another person consulting to them. I'm sure you'll be worried now about what I'm saying. They're concerned. They don't want another person consulting to them, which is, as they say, what many banks, IDC, DBSA, etc., etc., are doing as support programs. They say, as it is, as it is, they have very few resources to stay afloat. They rather need someone to help them do it and implement it than another consultant uh, in the in the lineup. This is what they say. It's not what I'm saying. And finally, there's basically no way around skills. It's something that Professor Van Loo drew attention to. Almost everywhere where we visit companies, these companies were started by engineers, by computer programmers, by lawyers, by accountants, and so on and so forth. And as Prof. Van Loo reminded us, there is a 70% chance, better chance, that you're going to succeed when you have a university degree than when you don't have, or, or diploma than when you don't have a university qualification. And so, although it's not a requirement, it surely lowers the odds dramatically. So I hope that these observations and lessons may be of some value or at least provide cause for reflection and explains with this launch of the Vice-Chancellor's UJ Business Idea Awards our commitment to turning the tide on youth unemployment, to nurturing innovation and enterprise development and to building a stronger and more diverse South African economy. Many thanks.